morning. My name is Brock Hanna. I'm a part of the 412 leadership team here at Marion Methodist. Um, today, today's scripture comes from Philippians 1, 12 through 18. It says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here of the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of the selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we ask today that your word be preached through Pastor Mike. We ask that no matter, no matter anyone's circumstances here in this room or, or online, that you would, your, your word would be preached. We ask you to humble us and make us confident only in you, because through you all things are possible. And we ask you to build up our armor so that um, we might be able to be good and faithful servants to your kingdom. It's in your heavenly name we pray. Amen. So can I get a muffled amen? Yeah, that's awesome. Good to see you and, and uh, hear you and feel you in the room. It's been uh, 20-some weeks of uh, we looking at that camera, and it's good to look at people as well, although we do welcome all of you uh, that are here. Uh, I do see the trouble sometimes is when you come in after we've started a little bit, finding it a safe place to sit, so um, we do our best. So glad you're here. Um, there are um, opportunities and uh, available to you, so um, we hope that when you're comfortable, you'll come back in, those of you that are watching us on, online, too. So, um, speaking of online, uh, normally Simon and I had been doing a, a talk on Wednesday night. The uh, magic of the internet didn't let it get up there this week, but it's up there now. So, I, I noticed 70 or 80 of you have looked at it. So, if you'd like to, uh, after a service, not during, please, uh, you can go take a look at that. Next week, huge celebration as we're coming back in here to uh, being a live worshiping congregation. We will be confirming the Matthew, Mark, Luke and John classes of our confirmation class next week, and we're very excited about that. We'll do half of them at each service, so come back for that. Join us online to bless these uh, rising Christian disciples. So this morning, um, we start the sermon series, as you see on the screen, of Uncommon Joy. Now, when we put that title slide up there, I want to tell you a little bit about something different that we're doing as your lead team at Marion Methodist. 
The Iowa Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church is encouraging churches to work together. They're going to tell us kind of later who we get to work together with, so we thought we'd be proactive. So this sermon series is actually created together with, five, with four other churches. We're not all preaching the same messages, but we're all preaching the same theme and the same scripture. So let me show you a picture of the team that we've been working with, Simon and I, every week. On the far uh, top left corner is the Reverend Joy Mitchell, who's the pastor at Walcott United Methodist Church. Uh, Tim Frazier is there wearing the flower. Uh, he is the pastor at Bloomfield and Drakesville United Methodist Churches down in southeast, south central Iowa. John Galky is the old guy that looks old like me, not old like, uh, you know, somebody else. But um, he is the pastor at Altoona. And uh, there, uh, smiling real happy, is Nick Grove, pastor at Sharon across town in Cedar Rapids. So we're glad to be teaching together. And every Monday afternoon, we kind of talk for an hour. What'd you do? What are you going to do? And of course, uh, I'm not immune to stealing other people's ideas. So your benefit uh, is to, I hope, grow closer to God. So that's what we've done. This is what we're going to do. Because we believe that mid-COVID and post-deratio, um, we need some uncommon joy. A muffled Amen. Yeah, we need some. And so, we thought, what a better place to go than the Holy Scriptures to find that uncommon joy. There's this little letter written by Paul called Philippians. Hope you read it. It only takes a few minutes to read, actually. Four pages in my Bible. 104 verses, that's all. But 16 of those verses are focused on joy or rejoicing. So we think this is a fantastic thing. And it's also interesting when you read this book of Paul's joy, Philippians, with these 16 references to joy out of 104 verses, to understand the unique context in which Paul is writing from. See, Paul's in jail. And that's what you always do when you're in jail, right? How would you know? Well, you write about joy, according to Paul. He's been in prison, is going to be there. This is about 59 AD. He's writing this book, and he's in chains. He said in what Brock read, I'm, I'm praising the Lord in chains. And what he meant by chains was he was literally in chains. A prisoner of the Roman Empire at that time would be chained hands to hands, feet to feet, plus hand and foot to a guard. Can you imagine being chained to a guard? Can you imagine being the guard that is chained to Paul. Usually four guards a day, six-hour shifts, they'd run through there, and Paul is talking to us about joy, being joyful in whatever situation you're in. He's in prison. He's telling us to be joyful. This guy is the ultimate lemonade maker, right? He is making lemonade out of these lemons of being in jail. So his teaching says this, Whatever this is for you, for his, the this was being in jail, chained up and in jail. But this, whatever your this is, is a great opportunity for the Lord. And that's where we're going to go today. Whatever your this is, is a great opportunity for the Lord. Two ideals, because actually Simon and I and Kelsey are going to use the same sermon outline all the way through these next six weeks, because it works against this text. First ideal is this. Uncommon joy is conditionless. A word we made up. We like it. What do you think? We thought unconditional had been kind of played in Christian vocabulary, so we said uncommon joy is conditionless because conditions are always changing. No matter what the conditions are, they're always changing because happiness depends on happenings and joy depends on Christ. I remember when I was growing up, my cousin had in his room, this was a uh, 
a poster. Back, do you remember when Peanuts and Linus and Charlie Brown and all that were a big thing? As a matter of fact, those of us that have been, you know, talking into Mass for six months and listening to people talking to Mass, you kind of understand what Charlie Brown teacher is saying now, right? <laughs> you know. But I went into my cousin's room, and back in the, in the you know, like 60s, 70s, whenever this was, wherever you went, Estes Park to, to the Smoky Mountains, you'd go in the gift shops at the national parks, and they sold these felt posters that unrolled. And, and this one featured Linus. And he's holding his blanket. You know Linus. He's holding his blanket up to his cheek like this. And down below in the scrolly 1970s words, uh, you know, font style, it said, happiness is like a warm blanket. The appropriate response to that is, oh, thank you, someone. I'm, ta- I'm just loving talking to people. <laughs> but it, happiness is like a warm blanket. But here's the reality that we all know because most of us use dryers and stuff. The blanket just out of the dryer does not stay warm for that long. It does not stay warm for very long. We were taught, at least in in my childhood, many of you were taught the same thing or you've taught your own children this, this little ditty. I have the joy, joy, joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. That is based on Christ, not on happenings. We all have happenings, but we have deep joy in our hearts that's based on Christ. And that says to the world, and this is what Paul is talking about, is that the changing conditions of your life, the changing condition of the world, cannot rock the joy out of it. They cannot push it out of it. Neither the minor, which is a bad day at work, or someone road raging in front of you, or four days of rain. They can't rock it out of you. They can't rock the joy out of you. Not the minor thing, nor the major things like, like a worldwide pandemic and the kind of precautions that we have to take, a crushing windstorm or the events happening that directly influence your personal economies or the economies of the world or your social well-being. Nothing, nothing if we have the joy, joy, joy down in our heart that is centered on Christ can rock that joy out of it because that joy is contentment and peace in our most difficult circumstances. Now, understand this. We are unable to muster this on our own volition. You cannot muster the depth of joy that gives contentment and peace to your whole soul on your own volition. It's impossible. We feel, I know I did and do, we feel the conditions of a worldwide pandemic. Even though it was beautiful, what we did earlier this morning in, in our singing That sign language was a precious praise to God and fantastic. And it was hard for us not to pull those masks down and scream out the words. So we feel it. We feel the emotions. We feel the psychological stuff of of a worldwide pandemic. We feel the toll emotionally and, and, and physically and economically of a windstorm that plows through 70 miles. We feel the moistness of the days of rain. We do. We feel all this stuff. And deep joy, then, is uncommon. Because the source of Christ, and he plants it deep down in our heart when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, when we believe that he is the, the, the absolute dissolution of our sins, and when we seek to become who it is that God would have us be. See, joy is that quiet assurance that God's love and work in our lives is present no matter what. 
Let me give you a little example because I think it draws us close to this. When I was a young person, like I don't know, fifth grade, I think you're like 10 in fifth grade, right? Is that about how old you are in 10 in fifth grade? When I was fifth grade, I was a subcontractor for my brother, which meant he played sports, I delivered papers, right? And he probably paid me, I don't know, 50 cents a day or some whopping sum like that to walk up down Fairview and Orchard Drives in Marion and a few on South 11th Street. But I delivered the papers, and I was working for a goal. I didn't just, I was, I hope, being nice to my brother, but my real goal was I wanted to buy my first bike that you shift gears with. And Morgan Brothers Schwinn Cycling that became Northtown, but it used to be downtown in Cedar Rapids, had the bike I wanted for a mere $52. And when I had those $52 in my hand, I talked to my dad and said, can you take me downtown? I'm going to buy this bike. And he did. A little flaw in my theory, I didn't figure for tax, but luckily dad spotted me that for a few days anyway. And I bought my bike. And then, imagine this. Imagine this, I'm 10. Imagine this, parents of today. I said to my dad, now we're downtown Cedar Rapids, and for me to get to South Marion, we lived over by Starry School in that neighborhood. I had to go through the Beaver Park neighborhood, you know, Cottage Grove, up south, East Post Road, and home. And so I said to my dad, can I ride my bike home? And like all parents today, he said, sure, go ahead. <laughs> now, there was a couple of miscalculations along the way here. Because I was so excited, man, I busted out of there, and I'm watching stoplights and going through the neighborhoods and down the hill. I kind of underestimated how far it was. But I had my new bike, man. I was thrilled. I didn't care. I'm running at home. And there was one time when I was kind of slipping by, um, you know, an intersection. I kind of saw out of my eye, it was about 10 minutes after I'd left Morgan Brothers, I kind of thought, well, that kind of looked like my dad's car kind of zipping by down there. I thought, well, that's kind of odd. He should be home by now. And I rode my bike all the way home. I was so excited to have it. And right as I was pulling into the driveway, my dad pulls in, right, to the garage. And I didn't think of it then, because I was, you know, 10. But later, I remember thinking in high school, I, should have been able, I shouldn't have been able to beat a Pontiac Bonneville home. You know, I just shouldn't have. But I did. And that was because the presence I saw down the street was my dad paralleling me all the way home. You see, he knew what I didn't. He knew that I wasn't as safe as I thought I was. He knew that I need the presence of someone wiser and stronger nearby, just in case. Just in case. And I remember feeling that. And, and I tell you that story because in so many deep ways, joy coming comes from knowing that wisdom and power and love is just there, sometimes outside our view that the joy that we need is knowing that God is present right there, paralleling us, right beside us sometimes. Paul was certain of this. He absolutely knew it. Even in his chains, he sang, he prayed, he gave individual witness. Oh my goodness sake, as a preacher, I would love this to have a six-hour witness I to give, to be chained to one of you for six hours four times a week I'd make all of us we'd all get saved wouldn't we or I'd get killed one of the two but, 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 but 
But, but the point is that you can know for certain, as Paul did in chains, that God was present and he had the depth of joy and you can be too, even in the chains of your life. And I want to tell you for sure, you're going to have chains. They are inevitable. And we do not get to choose what we're chained to. It's a curious thing about life. You don't always get to choose your happenings. You don't always get to choose your circumstances. Neither did Paul. His witness is that uncommon joy is conditionless. Therefore, God can use an obstacle or opportunity for his purposes. He uses everything that comes by in our life for his purposes. Listen to this. Years ago, back in the 90s, I met this guy named Dave Reaver. Dave was a Vietnam veteran who had um, had experienced a tremendous napalm accident. Most, I, I, at one time I knew the percentages, but most of his body was covered with third-degree burns, that he survived. But he survived them by being, as he said, chained to a bed in Walter Reed Hospital while those angels of mercy that he screamed at, cursed at, yelled at, came in and did the scrubbing. And if any of you have had any experience with burn victims, you know how difficult that is. But Dave was, if you took his picture from when he went to Vietnam and when he came home, not recognizable, so you understand the scope of which I'm talking about. But while he was in Walter Reed, strapped to a bed, as he called, chained to the bed, he started needing to deal with what he was going through. And a chaplain, a captain in the army, kept coming by day after day after day, trying to help un Dave understand what possibilities there were still for him in life. And he began to hear the gospel message. He began to hear about the depth of joy that would come into his heart, even though his girlfriend did not recognize him at all anymore. Even though that relationship ended because of his physical attributes, he began to listen to how Christ can work even through the chains in our lives. And I remember hearing Dave give his Christian witness. We were both on a revival stage at one time. By the way, he's way more uh, effective at it than I am because he said this, I would have never known about Jesus Christ or been able to tell you about him without napalm. If it wouldn't have been for napalm, I would have never known Jesus Christ or been able to tell you about him. You see, what Dave had done through a process of time is he had chose the joy of allowing God to use the obstacle that was in his life for his purpose. I mean, obviously he hated the fact that some people had a hard time looking at him when he was in the room, but it was through those obstacles that he testified and I remember him saying, God does not work in spite of circumstance. He works through some circumstance. He doesn't work in spite of your circumstances. He works right through them. And so the question comes to us is, in the later day, do you look at your circumstances as a door through which God can walk to benefit others? Do you look at the circumstances in your life as, as, a, as a door through which God can walk to benefit others? Or a door through which you can draw closer to God? Both of those are magnificently beneficial. This is the example of the fully chained Apostle Paul to allow those obstacles 
to be used. Christians must look at the circumstances of our lives as God-given opportunities for the furtherance of the gospel and rejoice at what God is going to do instead of complaining about what God did not do. I think that's so important. I know it might be more than 140 characters for you to tweet, but I think that's the line of the line. So if you don't have the church app, get it and you know, click a photo of that or whatever. But Christians must look at the circumstances of our lives as God-given opportunities. Because they don't always feel that way, right? God-given opportunities for the furtherance of the gospel and rejoice at what God is going to do instead of complaining about what God did not do. Think and pray. How are my circumstances, how are the chains that I am experiencing right now useful to the purpose of God? How could they be used for that? And think, what, what circumstances is upon you right now even that God is desiring to work through for the encouragement of others and the advancement of his work in the world? They are there, I assure you, of this. And the call of Paul is to choose uncommon joy that sees God working through your circumstances. Second ideal, uncommon joy always advances the gospel. See, Paul consecrates his chains to God and ask God to use them for the advance of the gospel. Let me, you know, if you're not a person that's really been around theological language, let me un unpack what the word uh, 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 consecrate means. Consecrate means simply to declare them sacred. So what Paul does in the scripture, in, in his real life, I mean, we read about it as a story, but he lived, lived this, in his life, he declared that the chains that were on his left and his right hand, his left and his right foot, were sacred, and they were to be, be used for the divine purpose. That's consecrating. That's consecrated them. He says, what has happened to me, which is prison, has served to advance the gospel. So he's saying, this is great. You know, when we have mud storms come into our life, we might sardonically or sarcastically say, this is great, right? But we don't say, well, this is awesome. We can use this to, uh, for a testimony. But there's Paul converting the guards. There's the Christians outside the prison because the guards don't live in the prison, you see. They go home. So word is getting around that the guards are getting uh, converted. And then more and more people begin coming to Christ. And the encouragement to those that are outside the prison, the Christians are, they get more vocal they get more um, bold to speak the word of the Lord. And the question that we keep hearing and we must answer is not whether we're going to be chained in this life. I assure you, you will. It's not whether we will be chained. It's rather what will we do with our chains? What will we do with the chains that are placed upon us? The ones that we don't choose to have. You've seen this a lot, and so have I. Some people just get tangled up in them. They get tangled up in their chains, and they just, they just stare at them. They're absolutely paralyzed by the happenings of their lives. You've seen it, I've seen it, and it's tragic because people simply stall, not only in their spiritual life, but in every other part of their life, their emotional, all that. And you've also seen it when some people, they see the chains on their lives and they just succumb to them. They say, I'm done. 
I give up. You've seen it. It's tragic. There is this thing, actually, it's a real thing, called psychogenic death. I've seen this with some people that get certain diagnosis. Their chain is the diagnosis. They get a diagnosis, and they simply say, I'm done. A psychogenic death is the simple psychological, or the physiological fact that you can will yourself to death in a month if you just say, I give up. This cannot be so. Our personal mission is to joyfully advance the gospel. That's what we're about. That's what we're supposed to be doing. One of my colleagues that you saw up on the screen called his sermon title today, Chained Reaction. I love that. Everybody's reacting to the person in chains to allow God to transform the chains and because of that transformation it allows the, the, the lives of those around it. And I gotta tell you, I've seen it because in, there's no one in this room that hasn't been chained by COVID, amen? It has been a life changer. And I'll tell you that some of you has, have used COVID. You, you've allowed COVID to transform who you are faithfully. Because I've seen some of you reaching out to different people in this congregation. Phone calls, dropping by, made baskets, all that kind of stuff. To make sure you're connected with people and to make sure that people aren't left out. I've seen some of you become fantastic intercessors. Where you've even called me or emailed me and said, who can I pray for? This, Vicky's gotten the same kind of region. Who in our congregation needs prayer right now? That is a fantastic transformation of change to say I can't go anywhere I can't come in here and sing praise songs but I can pray I can reach out I have phone internet FaceTime all that kind of stuff I've seen some of you hit this derecho man holy cow I live in a shingle free environment some of you too don't you hate this thing that's going on? But here's what I've seen about the derecho that's been so magnificent because it chained us all down for weeks. Some of us didn't have power for a long time. This building didn't have power for over 14 days, right? And some of you had the same thing in your homes. But here's what I saw. This magnificent multiplication of witness. People, yeah, you're out there with your chainsaws or you're out there picking up shingles or nailing down tarps or something like that. But more times than not, I would see people and hear stories about people saying, thank you, and you, and, and you have said, well, it's because of Christ, because I, Jesus tells us to love one another that I'm here. I've seen that more than a few times. Some of you even embedded scriptures in your mind so that when someone says thank you or why are you doing this, you can tell them for Christ's sake why you do it. That advances the gospel. Those little nuggets that you put in, it's like, well, I thought they were just bringing a case of water to the food pantry. And you say, no, I did this because of Christ. And it, just this week, one of my friends, one of your friends, found this diagnosis you know that's a, one of those words we don't love the diagnosis of a pretty profound health condition and what did they do they went on the internet and wrote this encouraging powerful faith-laced note to their friends saying yes i have it and yes it's hard and yes through it all through it all i've learned to trust in jesus i've learned to trust in god that is deep joy. That's what I'm telling you, Lily. You need to let everybody know that. Uncommon joy means we consecrate our chains for God's good use. Paul did it. The gospel spread through the whole world. Many of you have done it, and the Lord's harvest here and beyond here has increased beyond you. And some of you, whether you be on the internet, watching YouTube or Facebook, or are here present today, some of you are going to get about the business of blessing your chains, of consecrating your chains today so that the gospel might be advanced tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Simon, will you bless us?